Hello, welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. Today, I'm talking to Cormac Bolan, one of the co-founders of Older and Green, a modern menswear brand, and a little bit of info on Older and Green before I bring Cormac in. Older and Green is about slowing down, about investing in one or two key wardrobe pieces and knowing where your garment has come from and how it has been produced. Whether it be your special wedding shirt or your go-to professional shirt for the new hybrid working week, they want you to feel like a true older man, one who looks sharp and feels sharp. And here is Cormac to talk about Older and Green in his own words. Yeah, well, so Older and Green is a responsible menswear brand. Uh, We just launched back in September we focus mainly at the moment predominantly on, on shirts, uh, so kind of men's formal and casual shirts. And I guess our main focus is around a great fitting product. So we have a wide size range and um, two fits. And we also source all of our um, fabrics as 100% organic cotton. And we manufacture as locally as possible. So we have uh, manufacturing out in the EU as well. So, yeah, we just launched in, in September and we just launched a pop-up as well. So, so that's us at the moment, yeah. Great. Well, uh, we'll get into the pop-up shortly, but Cormac, maybe we can talk about you just before you uh, launched Older and Green. So maybe tell us a little bit about your history and the, the skills that you brought into this project. Oh, okay. Where do I start? <laughs> so, <laughs> In a pub I, uh, on a napkin, usual stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I suppose me, me personally, my background, you might have guessed from the accent, like I might have thrown you, but uh, I, I'm Irish. So I grew up in the West Coast in Galway. Um, I went to uni there. I studied applied maths um, as, as my degree. I then spent about four or five years uh, rowing on the Irish national uh, team and that kind of, I suppose, culminated with me competing in the Beijing Olympics. And then after that, I had to join the real world, sadly, and I got a real job and, you know, the real world kicked me in the arse. So I had to go and uh, I joined. Um, I got really lucky and I joined a great kind of really fast growing uh, gambling business uh, that everyone will probably know called Paddy Power. I spent about five years there working across digital marketing and um, in particular kind of social media uh, kind of at a really time when that was growing massively in a brand that had, you know, huge budgets to spend and invest. So I, I learned an awful lot. I met some great people. I then moved to the UK. I moved to London in 2015 and I started working with a menswear brand here. And I guess for the last five or six years, I kind of moved through from digital marketing to become e-commerce director there and and yeah and, and kind of ended up on the, on the board of directors of the last business uh, managing that menswear brand and I've had a few detours along the way in hospitality and in gifting and some other retailers so yeah a bit of a a kind of a a, a what's the word like convoluted uh, way of getting here but I guess back in January um, me and my co-founder Anthony Procopi we we um, we both worked together previously he's an expert in in in, in manufacturing or in, in Shirting in particular, he, he's got a huge, huge wealth of, of knowledge there over 20 years in the industry. And we kind of sat down and I guess we've been come through a process last year and through COVID and everything. And we kind of just wanted to reset and just do something we could be really proud of from the ground up. And I guess we, we balance each other, each other out very well, I think, in that I kind of come from an e-commerce background, digital marketing, kind of more tech side of it. Um, and Ants is very product focused and he's an absolute expert, as I mentioned. So we kind of were able to use both those skills and, and very clearly draw a line down the middle of who takes responsibility over what and started in January and then like a good pregnancy we, we popped out in um, September over nine months and we just went live so yeah that's uh, that's the kind of journey we've been on nice and 
Has menswear always been in the back of your mind, even when you're rowing or, you know, maybe in your younger days? Is it something that you've always gravitated towards or did you just see a good opportunity on the digital side of a very good product? Um, it's a good question, I guess. Y- yes and no. Like, it's always been something I've been interested in, but it wouldn't have been, say, kind of my, my main focus. Like, I'd, I'd be lying. Obviously, I was working for a gambling brand for a while. But I guess after I moved here and moved into it, it was something that I really liked. I kind of resonated with me a lot. And I guess... I wouldn't be, you know, very fashion-led, but I'd be kind of much more focused towards kind of style and fit and, and that more classic sort of a look. You can see, you know, Oxfords and, and, and kind of classic twills and that side of it. Um, so, yeah, that's, I guess, been the focus. And I guess with Ants, what we had there and when we spoke was that we felt that in the market, in that sort of um, more formal side of it, it wasn't being represented. And there was no bands, brands we felt really doing it from the ground up doing sustainability, doing responsible manufacturing really well. And we wanted to kind of, I guess, kind of um, work towards that, delivering something we could be really proud of that we felt was was the best in the market. And, and we feel like we've achieved that. How did you raise the capital? It's a question I always ask. I know it's a bit rude. Where did the money come from? But I'm always intrigued, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, how the how brands like yours get off the ground. Yeah, no, I, I've heard you ask it before and I, I, was, I was waiting for it. But we had a few <laughs> different options. <laughs> but I guess I guess the balance was, you know, like what do we have ourselves versus launching kind of that sort of bootstrap mentality versus taking on more investment and being able to invest in, in in kind of, I guess, kind of hitting the ground a bit more running with a bit more volume. So we kind of ended up somewhere in between. We, we did a friends and family around. And I guess being a little bit older and longer the tooth, uh, we, we had a kind of good network of people we could talk to um, and people we worked with previously and family that have put money in. So we've actually been really, really lucky with, with, with who've come on board and we raised enough to be able to kind of, you know, launch a product and not have to compromise, I guess, throughout the kind of production and through the launch phase and, you know, produce a website that we're proud of and a product that we're proud of. And the good thing is with some of our investors, they're actually specialists in certain areas. So we've got, you know, an SEO expert in, in one of our investors, we've got digital marketing experts. We've got, you know, kind of an angel investor experts who are able to open networks. So, yeah, as I said, we've been very lucky with the people who've come on board so far. Yeah. Yeah. SEO um, is certainly something that you need on your side. I remember when I was running a, a shop back in the day, I, I thought SEO was a myth. <laughs> people were telling me you got it was my job to describe all of the products on this website so i would always yeah. do it quite glibly with tongue-in-cheek or you know these socks look all right <laughs> they're not pulling out any trees there they are for 20 quid um and someone my friend would go no 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 you've got to kind of put all the keywords in you need to do at least 300 words on the, i'm like who's who's going to read 300 words on a pair of socks but yeah you know, the I, google so, crawler oh jesus that's who reads it the google crawlers who you have to you have to kind of bow down to but yeah you're right like i see always it's, it's a bit of a nightmare for most brands you really only know about it when it kicks you in the arse like if you're if you're an established brand and you take an seo hit you know all about it so you're kind of living with that like you know in that world where google can kind of dictate brands you know growth or decline in in single swoops of algorithm changes so yeah it's it's a murky old world yeah and it takes i think so i'm of an age now where all of this stuff is like another language it's like algebra to me whereas i feel like the kids of today without sounding like old man brooker are kind of bled into this you know they're sat down in front of the computer they're fed all the coding all the seo it's more of a second nature to them so i don't know maybe maybe i'm just at uh, an age now where i just feel like i'm closer to the finish line than i'm at the start and i don't need to learn it 
Well, I'm not going to comment on that, Peter. So, <laughs> wise man, wise man. Um, let's get back onto the shirts, Corbett. What's uh, what would you say is uniquely different about your shirts, or what were you trying to set out from the start to make different? Yeah, as I said, I, I think I think as we set out, we really didn't want to compromise in any aspect. So we were very focused to kind of uh, create a, a product that we could be, you know, really proud of and that kind of aligned with our values around sustainability. And I think, you know. Every business you talk to, every new business, it has to be completely central to what they do. And I think that's kind of, you know, I've, I've heard previous guests talk about the same thing. It's any new business has to have that at the forefront of what they're trying to do. So we, we set out to kind of source the best material we could get uh, with that in mind. And we actually um, partnered with the Albini Mill in Italy, which are, you know, we believe the best mill in the world. And they just launched a biofusion range, which is a forensically traceable back to farms uh, organic cotton. So when we got samples of that and we looked at it and we, we went after Albini because we knew how good they were and we wanted to produce the best product we could. And um, they had just launched it. So it worked out perfectly. And they were kind of happy to work with us on this project. And they've supported us from day one. They've been brilliant. Then we, we, we also wanted to uh, source directly from um, the, the manufacturing. So we went out to Portugal. And we met with a, a really good um, state-of-the-art family-run factory out there. So they create kind of smaller batches for a brand our size and, and just very high on quality. So what we've ended up with is, is, is a beautiful fabric that's 100% organic, um, very technical uh, product creation in, in the factory. And um, yeah, and it's more locally sourced that has a lower carbon footprint. And that's a big part of what we're trying to do is reduce that down and then offset it over time. And I guess the other point that I should, should, should come to is that I'm slightly obsessed by fit. I think men are, you know, very obsessed by fit. Every piece of data I've seen in the past suggests that I think it's 95% of men fit is the most important thing when they're purchasing, especially for, for shirts and in this category. So we're slightly obsessed by that too. And, and as I mentioned, we both come from menswear and, and shirts in particular. So we kind of a wealth of knowledge over what the size profile looks like um, for, for, for men. And we've produced two fits that we're, you know, and so far it's been kind of been validated that two fits that we believe will cover nearly every type of um, body shape and, I guess we're trying to keep that choice slightly binary. So we want to have a really good size profile. But what we're also offering, which I think sets us apart, is a, a local fit option, which I'm calling local fit. And we're just launching this week, which is the post-purchase piece, right? So I come from a, a e-commerce background. We're an on online business predominantly. And you know yourself, trying to get your perfect fit up front is difficult, right? I think uh, every man has struggled with that. And, you know, it, it's the challenge of, 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 a, of a pure online purchase journey. So we've done everything we can to make the fit guides as well as possible. You know, um, we've got, you know, clarity around sizing. We've got kind of a t-shirt gu size guiding up there as well, which can kind of help inform. But we also recognize that we're not going to get it 100% right for everyone. So we're offering a, and this is London only to start off with, a, a kind of post-purchase uh, alteration service. So that if you're not happy with the, the fit you get, we will come to you. We will measure the product and make sure it's fit to you and we'll take it away and alter it and return it back. And that's kind of our commitment to fit that, that, that we're very serious about. I think having the, the pop-up there at the moment as well kind of helps us, I guess, understand that and facilitate that for people uh, on top of the online piece as well. Wow, that's quite a commitment. So if so I let's just take me as a case study. I'm about five, six in heels with a, about a 36 inch <laughs> chest, a 14 and a half inch collar. I mean, what size are you, Cormac, if you don't mind me asking? 
I'm six, uh, three, six, four, depends on who I'm talking to, but six, right. three, really. And um, yeah, So about visually nine. now, if people can kind of imagine the Schwarzenegger and DeVito twins poster, <laughs> how do you offer that kind of profile range between you and I in like a ready-to-wear genre? So that's, that's what we have. We, we've got the color sizing. So we've got 30 sizes. So you're 14 and a half, you said. You'll be probably extra slim from what I can see on the... Uh, I'm not just trying to compliment you, but it's true. Uh, you're you. looking in good shape. So, so you're probably 14 and a half extra slim, which we, which we have. And we've got three sleeve lengths. So we've got a 33, a 34 and a half, and 36. So I, I, I'm not too sure if you're 5'6", probably close to that kind of 33-inch um, sleeve length. I'm 6'3", so I'm, I'm a 16 and a half neck. I have a 34 and a half inch arm and um i would be extra slim on a good day as well so um yeah we, we have those size ranges and that's what i mean we kind of we've covered enough the spectrum that we, we believe we can kind of off the off the hanger off the peg be able to kind of deliver that fit profile to the majority of people um, and i guess it comes from having a lot of knowledge in, in 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 the area and with the kind of body compositions over time that we, we know and we've slightly tweaked the fits over the last kind of year or so and, and used people. And I'm sure a lot of my friends and family are sick of me trying to get them to try stuff on. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, we think we've got a really good size profile and um, that can accommodate most types. Have you thought about doing, I know quite a few shirt brands do this, do a subscription service? Yeah, I, I think like everything's on the table right now, right? We launched mm-hmm. a month ago. So, so potentially it's not something we launched with because like... I guess, you know, it's just, it's, it, it's not the model we went down. You know, we, we went to kind of just go that sort of more, more straight up transactional kind of uh, direct to customer piece where we will have that customer record and we can kind of communicate with them over time and hopefully they'll come back in, in abundance when they're happy with the fit. But yeah, it's potentially something on the line we would do. And I guess once you capture in someone, men are quite sticky when they, uh, when they find their fit, they'll tend to stick to it. And I was actually chatting oh, yeah. to a guy in the store yesterday and he's been buying the same shirt for years just because it's the brand that found he found the right fit with you know and so we want to be the brand that can provide that for people with you know a really good durable shirt that will last a lifetime and what's the reaction being like uh, opening up the pop-up store and and why why where you are in lambs lambs conduit street yeah well i guess um the reaction has been really good so we, we got in there on monday and so still very early days <laughs> but uh like such nice people on the street and i guess in terms of destination it, it is it's, it's it's known for menswear down there there's some really good brands on the street we're actually right beside uh conic and Lockie, you know an amazing tailor and we've got 40 colliery up up, up up the road we've got oliver spencer folk down the road some really nice brands on there and i guess um we want to just get down into the heart of it there's a lot of law firms around there with that kind of type of customer as well which which we accommodate it's also you know we've got Oxford buttons down, which work with more kind of slightly casual media agency type of vibe for for office wear. And so, yeah, we want to just get down and and, and talk to people and get them feeling the product and seeing people's reaction. And I guess what you kind of lose a little bit on an online brand is you kind of lose that face to face kind of uh, ability to have a conversation back and forth. You know, you can have all the data you want in the world, but, you know, it's also great just having a conversation with someone to see what makes them tick and, and see how they respond to kind of the different aspects of the brand. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Well, I can't wait to get down there. So like I, I told you of Mike, we're um we're based central. So is it I think it's near Holborn, right? The closest tube or that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very near Holborn, about five minute walk, yeah. And and actually there's a, I should say that on the December fourth, there is a kind of street party there. So if you are planning before Christmas and um, 
they just told us about it yesterday and, and we're getting involved as well. So there'll be loads of drinks and mince pies and there's a reindeer apparently walking on the street. So it, it could be a bit of fun. <laughs> you had me at drinks. I'll be there. Well, <laughs> um, listen, Cormac, congratulations, mate. I mean, it must have been quite a struggle getting this off the ground during pandemic. Did you manage to get over to Portugal, like you say, during that time? Or you know, what were the obstacles in that respect? Yeah, we did. I think, I think you know, like... I, I wouldn't be comfortable sitting here kind of talking about direct relationship with the factory unless we'd actually been down there and we sat in there and, and we've talked to them and we worked kind of sat over the whole manufacturing process. We've been down three times. We did go down in the heart of the pandemic around April and that was fun. Like Reiner at one stage wouldn't let us on the plane and they had to kind of ring through with our kind of, we had the letter written by the factory to tell them that we were allowed to come through and they were ringing through to Portugal. So, and then you had, we spent, we spent about 1500 quid in PCR tests just on that trip alone. So it was, uh, you know, it was a bit of a commitment just from a PCR test point of view, but it was worth doing, absolutely worth doing because it gave us the reassurance coming back, you know, where, you know, just to see it, it's very hard, you know, to kind of um, to judge online across Zoom, you know, yourself. So actually being down there and meeting the people, we were so confident coming back that we've got the right partner and it gave us a lot of reassurance. Awesome. Great. Well, yeah, it, it must feel so good uh, having those relationships in face-to-face, especially in in these times where it's just so easy to do what we're doing which is just kind of doing it over zoom but you you need to feel the fabric you need to know how the fudge is packed i suppose and and have that confidence in the people that you're hoping will deliver for you yeah i I should say as well all of our packaging is recycled and recyclable and the bags actually come in potato starch so you know at every point we've kind of gone through we've tried to kind of um, make it as sustainable as possible and as kind of you know as true to what we're trying to achieve in our respect as well Nice. I I just had a guest on the show that was talking about pop-ups. Sorry to dial back to pop-ups, but is the plan for you to stay in this and then maybe continue the lease or look for other pop-ups and kind of populate the brand before that far yeah. ahead yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been actually. It's a funny one because, you know, pop-ups, it, it's, I was saying to somebody the other day, I was like, it actually feels like we're being innovative opening a store. You know, like it's it's kind of gone so backwards almost in that like everything's been so online for the last two years. And to be completely honest, the start, it wasn't like pop-up was always on the plan, but we kind of brought it forward because we felt, you know what, like the most important thing right now is actually just getting into customers and feeling things. And it's the best way to do it still, no matter what, right? Yeah. And so the plan is, yeah, I think it all comes down to kind of the commercials and, and how things work. But, you know, if, if we definitely would like to have a physical presence and Lambs Conduit Street, now I say this after four days, it feels like the right place. So we'll see what happens. But we obviously have Instagram at Alder and Green. So if we ever do change, you know, that'll be where we'll be posting it out there and it'll be on the website as well. Cool. And you said you're in a bit of a hub of tailors down there. Have you got any thoughts of maybe collaborating with some tailors or perhaps even going down a bespoke element for shirt makers? I know we're kind of looking down the road here, but what do you think about that? Yeah, like I, I think I think right now we're focused on just kind of getting off the ground as we are. I think definitely in terms of partnerships, yeah, it's like we're out having a coffee and we get talking. Let's let's see what happens. But I think uh, right now it's with, with the batch we produce, we want to just make sure we kind of get you know get that and get learned from that, and we we kind of move from there and kind of keep our priorities focused on that. And then obviously we can expand the range out over time, and that is the plan. And the other thing I should say, it is quite a core range. We kind of just tried to take. And um, what we believe are kind of those sort of core wardrobe essential pieces, your white and blue shirts, uh, Oxford and twills, cutaway button downs. And, and so we kind of kept it quite tight. That's what allows us to give that breadth of size option. And, and that's kind of how we're, we're really kind of positioning. So 
so yeah definitely over time uh right now i think it's focused on on on, on getting getting feedback and getting the product out there and getting people's you know getting on people's backs and i guess later down the road we'll get all those weird quirks like cocktail cuffs we'll have a cocktail <laughs> cuff range are there any kind of weird <laughs> little yeah. like shirt idiosyncrasies that kind of appeal to you where you look at a thing and go oh actually that looks pretty cool i'm gonna have to get up a range and do a limited run on these like to be completely honest not really like it is like a very classic well-constructed shirt you know i think one, one thing we have done it's a very slight branding piece but we have kind of a green tr- a trim on the collar and um, it's something i know in the past that, that i kind of always liked as well some kind of little detail so we also recognize with formal shirts you'd only stick in branding on the front right or making it very kind of in your face but what we, what we what we decided and what we settled on was was a very subtle green lining on the inside of the collar and the inside of the sleeve and it's kind of a little nod to the kind of the, the green nature of the brand and of the of what we're doing, but also for the you know for that customer when when they do lift it off the hanger, they kind of recognise what's gone into it, and that's kind of our little branding signature that, that we put in there as well on on every shirt. Nice, Corbeck. Cool uh, do you look at shirts in films at all now? I, I mean, I kind of think your your head and your feet are firmly in shirt world. So, do you when you see a film nowadays, you kind of taken out of the movie all of a sudden and think, "Crikey, you looks pretty damn good in that shirt." Yeah, well, I, I went to the Bond movie recently, you know, and he looks pretty good in most things, you know. So <laughs> he, he uh, it definitely wears a white shirt very well. And I think actually, like to that point, many everyone I passed in the street, I'm, I'm looking at what it is and what what that is, you know, what the style is and where they are and trying to piece all that bit together. So yeah, you kind of never really switch off once you get into something like this because it is it is a product that people wear a lot, you know. And I think it's gone through a very uh, you know over the last twelve months, last two years, it's obviously the shirt. Uh, it's 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 been such a kind of roller coaster, right? So I think, you know, I know myself getting back out there to putting the shirt back on. I felt kind of good about things. I felt kind of smart again. I kind of moved out of my V-necks and and and, uh, and trackies and kind of actually put on a pair of chinos and shirt. And actually, there was something kind of nice and kind of novel about that getting out there and feeling smart again. So I think we definitely crossed that bridge. And and, and I think the new office world where people are kind of hybrid in two or three days in there. I think it very much works for, for what we're trying to achieve, which is that sort of less is more you know you invest in those key pieces for those days that you might be in the office or you're going to an occasion or a special night out um but it's not about just buying reams and reams and reams of product that kind of lower quality that that won't last so we're very much about that kind of less is more sort of um you know ethos yeah definitely well uh Cormac, I guess it was a little remiss of me not to wear a shirt for our call today. You'll have to forgive me. I just got off the peloton and just jumped I won't, I won't judge. I won't judge, Peter. So if you pop down to the store, we'll sort you out. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll have to remedy that. Brilliant. Cormac, thanks for coming on. Older and Green, uh, the place to visit online. Check out all the work. Check out how SEO is done, but also the great products and the, <laughs> and the shirts there, but also down Lambs Conduit Street, like we say, closest to probably Russell Square, maybe Holborn, maybe anyway all the information on the website and uh, and give the uh, the social a shout out once more where can people find you on instagram for me yeah alder and green at alder and green a-l-d-e-r-a-n-d-g-r-e-e-n great and we'll put all the links over on the show notes uh, over at menswear style but in the meantime thanks cormac thanks for jumping on yeah thanks so many for you. have a good one You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you would like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.